I want to read a quote to start us off. Um, I mentioned my Lutheranism, so this is going to very much out me in that. Um, But I'm going to read a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Many people come to church with a genuine desire to hear what we have to say, yet they are always going back home with the uncomfortable feeling that we are making it too difficult for them to come to Jesus. So I want us to put a little bit of a pin in that um, while and, and think about that as we, we go through our discussion today. But we're going to be in Matthew 16, 24 through 28. So if y'all want to open that up in your mobile device or your actual book, um, go ahead and do that. And, and while we do that, I'd love to recap what... Holly taught on last week um, and the discussion between Jesus and the disciples. So I'd love to hear from y'all what what you gathered out of that discussion from last week, because I think it's important as we talk about this week. So Jesus asks a question to his disciples, right? Do y'all remember what the question was? Yeah. Who, who do people say I am? And he asked another question, who do you say I am, right? And um, I, I love the picture that you painted, Holly, like this, this super high for Peter, like, I got the answer right. I said that you're the Messiah, you're the Christ. And then what happens after that is the opposite. There's a lot of discouragement. Um, Jesus then begins to tell them after this super awesome thing that he tells them about who he is and that this is something that God revealed to Peter that he is going to die for it. Um, And it's not going to be this kingdom um, that is going to be of the world. It is going to look very different than a lot of them expect. And in that, Um, you know, Peter rebukes Jesus. And Jesus, in that rebuke, um, y'all remember what Jesus says? It's not like just like, uh, get out of here, Peter. It's like pretty aggressive. (laughs) Get behind me, Satan. And as I'm reading this text this week, kind of getting in in the rhythm, is there another part in... Matthew, that y'all remember where Jesus says something similar to that, to get behind me, Satan? It's a callback like a while back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When he's being tempted, right? In the third temptation, Jesus exclaims, Depart from me, Satan. Um, that third temptation, do y'all remember what that third temptation was? The first one, right, is to you know, get food. The second one, to throw himself down, have his angels capture, you know, catch, catch him. What's the third one? Yeah. Uh, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. So I think that's really important as we read the text today keeping that in mind, because a lot of that 
similar discussion happens. Okay, so all that. <laughs> Let's get into uh, Matthew 16, 24 through 28. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, which, interesting, right? His disciples kind of already following him. Um, if any want to become my followers, let them deny, right? Um, Jesus is just talking with Peter. Um, interesting about what's about to happen with Peter. Let them deny themselves and take up their cross, right? Jesus just talked to his disciples about his death. We don't know how specific he got about that, um, but it's possible he alluded to that. Um, but it's interesting, the image of the cross um, being shared. Take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of the Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, here are some st- there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Holly remarked to me when uh, we were divvying up who was going to teach that this was a really short one. And this is a really short passage, but there is a lot there. It's like five verses and there's a ton. Um, so I think for the purpose of today, we'll really just focus on the first three verses. I know there's a lot that we can get into on theology about um, seeing God coming, at Jesus coming into his kingdom. I think the first three are really the commands that Jesus is giving. So we'll spend time there today. Um, Jesus is regularly talking about this word follower, right? And his disciples are his followers. He's calling us to be followers and what's necessary. Regularly throughout Matthew and the Gospels, there's multiple instances of him calling different people and having different um, requirements in order to follow him. You know, some people need to sell everything they have, like the rich young ruler. Um, some people need to let the dead bury the dead, and, and he needs to, you know, just keep moving on and follow Jesus. Um, but what it seems here that Jesus says a few things about being a follower. Um, he talks about denying oneself, taking up one's cross, and then after that, to be his follower, you have to follow me, which is, I thought, kind of funny. In order to be a follower, you have to follow. Yes, that seems to make sense. And the result of this following is twofold. Um, by following Jesus, he tells us that one's life will be lost, one's world will be forfeited, but in doing so, one will find life, right? 
So I think when reading this, and we were talking about this in the car the other day, I think this is our tendency as a church. We tend to be like, okay, self-denial, how do I stop doing things? What, what are the things in my life that I need to pinpoint that I need to figure out and deny so that I can truly be a follower of Jesus? And I think that's backwards. But I think that's the tendency. It's practical. It seems like a quick fix, right? Like, I can either do things or stop doing things. And those are ways I can deny myself. Because I'm not doing those things today, so I'm, I'm not denying those, those things of, of myself today. So, um, you know, tendency for us to say, you know, I need to read my Bible more. I need to pray better. I need to um, stop treating my coworker poorly. I'm really short with them. Um, I need to be more charitable. All those things, like if we're just doing those, can still, in a way, feed the ego. Because we can get praise from other people. Oh, I've seen you, you know, treating Carl nicely. What happened? You know? Um, I feel like there's a little bit of a tendency for us to recreate this quote-unquote life that Jesus is talking about. Um, we tend to point to all of the things that we are or are not doing today and just shift those. And... Jesus may be involved in that, or it may just be us. But what I feel like Jesus is talking about here, and I think it just has a natural echo, repetition throughout the Gospels, is a true reframe of how we approach life in general. I think all of those things that we just mentioned as examples, and we can probably throw out a million others of things that we wish we did better or wish looked like Jesus more, I think we tend to heap those on ourselves and on each other, which creates that uncomfortable feeling that Bonhoeffer was talking about. I think in that reframe, if we truly just approach things through the lens of Jesus and try and look to how he treated others, how much time he spent with certain people, what his nature is, what his essence is, one of grace, one of love, one of peace, that's the invitation to start being a follower. That's the self-denial. So uh, back to Bonhoeffer, he, he wrote this book um, called The Cost of Discipleship, which is like kind of rooted in the Beatitudes. It's also rooted in this passage here as well. Um, and it has another quote, and, and he's really interesting to study. If any of y'all have read up on Bonhoeffer, if you haven't, it's fine. Um, he lived a really incredible life. Um, he was um, preached Jesus regularly, um, and he was eventually killed at the hands of the Nazis about 
20 days before Hitler committed suicide. Um, had a really interesting um, attempt in keeping, first of all, founding a church in Germany and then keeping um, the Nazi party out of the church in Germany. Um, ultimately leading to his death. But there's a quote within the cost of discipleship that I want to read that I think speaks to this vision and the challenge where Jesus talks about this burden being easy, this yoke being light, but also we hear these things about giving up everything that seem to be like, Jesus, that is really hard, but you say it's easy. This doesn't really make sense. This framed it really well for me. The follower must say the same words Peter said of Christ when he denied him. I know not this man. Self-denial is never just a series of acts of mortification or asceticism. It is not suicide, for there's an element of self-will even in that. To deny oneself is to be aware only of Christ and no more of self. To see only him who goes before and no more the road which is too hard for us. And this imagery of the road, I think what is being talked about. We think about, ah, it's hard enough to get the kids to bed. It's hard enough to put food on the table. We got to go to the job. We got to do all these things. I feel like all that stuff, all those worldly things, that is the road. And this offer that Jesus gives, this offer to follow, and us with our head regularly down, looking at the road, looking at this is the thing I need to do next, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do this. All of those things are for something offered by this world. And the beauty of Jesus is he offers us the real thing of what the world offers only a copy of. All of this looking at the road, Jesus sees us toiling and he lifts our head up and gives us a chance to surrender. We're looking at this road of accumulating wealth, he lifts our head up and tells us that we have worth. As we continue to look at this road, and this especially in our culture, we're seeking comfort, doing everything to give ourselves comfort, not be put in a situation of hardship, of challenge. We want to make sure our family's safe. We want to make sure we're in the right school districts. We want to make sure that we have enough money all that comfort that we're toiling for, Jesus lifts our head up and tells us we can actually have peace. So my prayer for us as we go throughout this week, we would have our eyes lifted up, that our eyes would be focused on Jesus as we follow him, that we're not head down 
in the road, but that we would be at his back knowing that he's done it all before us already and we can have confidence that we can because he says we can. Y'all would pray with me. Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace that you call us to big things and that these big things that you call us to do, um, the act that you call us to do is really surrender. That you simply bid us to follow you. That we don't have to have 10 points of accurate ways of living that we can trust you knowing that we will probably make mistakes. But as we keep our eyes fixed on you, we can confess those mistakes and draw nearer to you. And we pray that we would not make this a place that is hard to enter into, but an invitation to a life that is much more worth living than the one offered by our world. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.